Welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. <laughs> now we're going. I'm John Schmelk. He's Jeff Fields. How are you? It's all presented by Coors Light, 201-939-4513. That's the telephone number. We appreciate you being with us. And folks, you've been two weeks without hearing from Jeff Fiegels. I'm not sure how you've survived those 14 days. <laughs> Trust me, they've survived, John. But really. God bless. He's yeah, back. I'm back. And we will get Jeff's take on the season. And, of course, we'll look ahead to the Chicago Bears. But before we get to that, I want to remind you folks out there that listen to the show via podcast. And, by the way, if you're listening on Giants.com or the Giants mobile app or watching us, the archive of the show and every show every day gets put up on Every popular podcast platform is a really convenient way to listen to the show if you're in the car or traveling around without that screen in front of you. If you subscribe to the Giants Audio Podcast to listen to Big Blue Kickoff Live, please note that beginning on December 1st, this show, Big Blue Kickoff Live, will have its own dedicated podcast feed. You can begin subscribing now. It is up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and your favorite podcast platforms. Again, starting December 1st, Big Blue Kickoff Live will no longer be available on the Giants Audio Podcast channel feed. Please subscribe to its own special feed, special. the Big Blue Kickoff Live podcast feed. You can find it on all your popular podcast platforms. You can still watch or listen, of course, on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app, either live or later in the day when the show is archived. So I had to do that. It's a lot of stuff there. It is a lot of stuff there, but it's important because yeah. we get a lot. We get thousands, literally, of people that listen to the show on the podcast feed, and you have to find it a different way, so make sure you go find Big Blue Kickoff Live. Just search for it on your podcast platform, and uh, it'll pop right up. Subscribe, and that's how you'll get the show moving forward. You won't be inundated with all the media availabilities and stuff like that. We want to separate it out, so make sure you go and you find it. So, Jeff, Welcome. how you been? Welcome. I'm doing good. I mean, I hey, listen, I had a bye, too. So. Now, so you had about two weeks to kind of think about where the Giants are right now moving forward. They're 2-8. and eight. If, you gave, if you gave it any thought over the past two weeks, what, yeah. kind of, what kind of thoughts did you give I it? I did. I actually was thinking a little bit driving in today um, about this subject because, you know, a lot of times you have these buys, and there's a lot. I, I, think, I think buys are dependent on where you're at as far as your, your team. Okay, if you're a, if you're an eight and two team and a two and eight team, obviously, if it ain't broke, don't fix it at eight and two, right? You're gonna go back in, you're gonna try to find some things to get better at. When you're two and eight, you got a lot of things to look at. Um, over the last couple of weeks, I've been reading articles, listening to some things, and a lot of people are asking, well, why are why are there not major changes? You know, and it's probably a good question. Well, I think for one, there's no time for major changes. You well, basically have the three or four answer. extra days. That's the first answer, absolutely. But you know, there's other teams that have that do do this. You know, they get rid of coaches, they get rid of players, they bring guys in. They do well. They do bring guys in. That's a big thing during the bye week. But my answer to this two and eight is, I believe that everyone has to look themselves in the mirror from top to bottom. The coaches, the players, they all have to decide. You know how they're going to improve on the second half of the season, even though the six six games is not the second half. But you know what I'm saying. There is some onus on the players here. Okay, it's, it's yes, the coaches have to do a better job, but I'm telling you, that, you know, the t players in this league get paid to play. They get play. They get paid very well. And if you're going to play in this league long enough, you're going to have to play better. This team has to get better. These guys have to play better, John. I think that, you know... you. And by the way, the players have said that. They've taken good. the onus on themselves. They're good. not blaming the coaches. Antoine Bethea yeah. talked about this yesterday. He said, guys, look, this is dependent on the players. The coaches are giving us the schemes. We have to execute them. Well, and that's a veteran. That's a guy that's been around many buys. <laughs> yes, know? many and buys. So he understands where you're at in that sense. So, And that's good to hear. And it's the truth. So I'm interested to see they're going to go on the road. 
They're going to go to play a, a Bears team, which we're going to get into in a minute. For, from a coaching perspective, real quick. Sure. Yeah. What level of schematic changes are we talking about? Because you can't obviously change your whole scheme. You've been putting the scheme in for six months. No. You no. can't all of a sudden just change everything you do. So what are the types of things you can change if okay. you're a coaching staff? I, I believe just some technical stuff. Technique. Put some guys maybe a different position, like not like a defensive lineman, a linebacker. You know what I'm saying? Maybe make some switches around there. How about okay. tendencies? Can you move that around too with play calling? Certainly on offense, I think you can. I think offensively, tendencies, you know, they're all documented so much with computers and things like that and analytics. So I think you probably have a better chance of doing it on offense than you would on defense um, because defense is just uh, listen you, you defense you play what's called and you go out and ball out that's really what it is in defense okay you have responsibilities but you know defense is a lot easier to play than offense really yeah it is I'll have to make sure I spread that around to some of your former teammates that are around here sometimes you know it's kind of funny that. that you if you would ask these guys that they probably would tell you the same thing and obviously, special teams is a lot easier to play than any of those two. <laughs> See, this is how you know that a guy is honest when he dumps on his own profession that he did in the league for 20 years. God bless him. And the, by the way, <laughs> it, if you just look at the time spent in practice versus offense and defense versus special teams, that about tells you what it's the deal exactly is there. Right. Yeah. Uh, Big Blue Kickoff Live, by the way, is brought to you by Coors Light. Enter to win the ultimate VIP game day experience courtesy of Coors Light. Text VIP to 904 more Details. All right, Jeff, let's look ahead to the Bears. Okay. Uh, Bears, to me, are a very talented team. Uh, not quite as talented as they were last year. They lost some players via free agency, but they're still very, very, very good. Now, they're not playing as well defensively. They had 36 takeaways last year. I think they have 14 this year. Oh, they, were, they, the were, they were on fire last year. And that was never something that they were going to repeat. That's why yeah. they were a prime candidate for a team to take a dip this year. I'm not sure we expected a dip from 12-4 and four all the way to 4-6 and six through 10 games. That's maybe a little bit of a bigger dip than we expected. Uh, still talented, but to me, the bottom line watching this team on tape uh, over the past week or so, getting a feel for what they do, they're just not getting a very high level of quarterback play right now. And I don't care what level you're at in football. If you don't have the guy underneath the center, you're not going to be good, okay? you, you got to have, in this league specifically, if he's not playing well, Trubisky was, you know, he's a good player. We've seen him do well. But because he's not playing well, just look at the shaded areas. I mean, these are these are a concern. Um, is he playing injured? 100%. Yes, he's injured. He practiced uh, in full both days this week. But he's so still far. hurt. It doesn't matter. But just uh, You know what I mean? It, even though you practice, everybody at this point in the league is not 100% unless you're a kicker or a punter most likely. But these guys are all beat up. And so that's a problem. The other thing is they're not running the football like they did last year at all. Um, and their protection has not been that good either. So I feel like... Their offense, their defense is still pretty good. Okay, don't get they're 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 holding up their end of the bargain, but um, their offense is sputtering, especially their running and their passing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think what's hurt Chabitsky too is that they have not been able to run the ball consistently on yep. early downs. The I think their two offensive tackles have played fairly well, uh, Leno and Massey. But their interior offensive lineman, and James Daniels one of them. He's a first-round pick. Um, oh, Whitehair's in there. He's a name that people know. They have not been able to create a lot of space for David Montgomery, who I think is actually a pretty good runner. Breaks a lot of tackles. He's big. He's strong. I think he'd be a good between-the-tackles guy. They kind of went moved on to him from Jordan Howard, who's having a nice year with Philadelphia this year. But they're not going to succeed putting Mitch Trubisky in the third and longs, and that's what they've been in. I mean, on, they're 30 or 20. 29th in rushing this year 
trying to run the football. So it's very hard when you have a quarterback that's struggling if you also can't run the football. And most of the time, John, you and I, when we look at stats and stuff, if you just look at their running, what they're averaging, and, and they're, if they're ranked that low in, in rushing, you don't even have to look at their third down conversion because you know it's going to be bad, right? Because we always talk about production on first and second down. The two running downs, if you're not doing well on those, your third downs are going to be horrible. Now, the other thing, too, that Trubisky, just from watching him and just seeing some of the things he does, he stares down his number one receivers. Jeff, you took oh, a, my God. He, he doesn't even look anywhere else. He predetermines where he wants to go with the ball before. And that's snap. a problem because if, if a team mm-hmm. knows that, then they're going to lightly cover the other guys. But, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the other the big thing here is their no, running game. You're right game. about that. Their, their, their running game, if you cannot get the running game going, their offense is going to struggle. Now, they also – Okay, and I read this in, in the Giants scouting report. I think Mike Eisen, Michael Eisen brought this up in there. I think this, was he doing the scouting report for us? For he does, yeah, one? He, he, his one goes up on Thursday, and then I have my full film review and full film preview on Friday. The one statistic that Which I is saw up there, by the way. was is there, you know, the first six games of the season, they came out um, in no huddle like crazy. Now they're no huddle, has, they're in a huddle now because they're not doing very well. Well, if you're punting, time of possession. they are literally, uh, where's the number I had in terms of. Um, they're three and outs this year. Uh, they have a higher percentage of three and outs on their drives than any other team in the NFL. You know well, what that you what doesn't make me happy if I'm the punter. You know what you can't do when you go three and out? Go no huddle and go three and out really, really quickly. No. Because that, <laughs> that, that puts your defense in a tough spot. Um, that goes time of possession. They don't have a time of possession in here. I would imagine that their time of possession is really low, too. Yeah, I would imagine. Because you can't run mm-hmm. the football, and if you have a lot of three and outs, that basically tells you what they're – The other thing that I was noticing and reading about, about scouting the Bears' defense, if there is a – if there is a flaw in their defense, it's tight end. And unfortunately, our tight ends are hurt. The Giants tight ends, that is. They're good ones. Um, so there's kind of a an area where you could exploit in their defense. Um, but, you know, getting after the passer, they've been down a little bit. Their all-world guy has not been very good lately. But don't think that that can change because that guy is an all World oh, sacks player. come in bunches, so they, he he well, could they, he could double his sack total in the second half yeah. really really yeah. easily. So. so you know, and the Giants are just like any other team; they're going to look at what the other teams are doing to stop him. Um, Khalil Mack, we're talking about, and they're going to try to do that. But you know, what? on the flip side of it, the Bears are looking at what other teams are doing against him too, and they will try to combat that also. So look for him to maybe line up in some different situations, places that he hasn't been in a while. And try to go for those key matchups. So, listen, the Giants, in my opinion, can win this football game against a team that that John thinks is really good. I actually seem to think that they're okay. I think on paper they're better than they are. No, 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 though. I'm not saying that they're a great team. No, no. This is a very winnable game, but they're very talented still on defense. There's no question. And by the way... Their weapons on offense aren't bad either. Look, they don't have a tight end. Trey Burns out. Adam Sheehan's probably not going to play either. Oh, so, so that's an issue. Allen Robinson, big receiver, good player. Anthony Miller, dangerous slot guy. He can get deep. He's had a They're couple drops this year. They're just not playing well. They're just not playing well a, now. They don't have a quarterback to get him the ball. That's and by it. the way, that, look out for Gabriel. Look out for Gabriel. He's 5'9". He's like 170 pounds. <laughs> And but he can fly, yeah. And he's a guy you got to look out for. So if the quarterback can get better play, they can score. And then defensively, Jeff, given how little the offense has given them, which can often put the defense in a bad spot, they simply because well. they're not even on the field a lot in terms of number of minutes per drive. Just the number of drives and times they have to stop the opponent is so high because your offense never sustains anything. Yeah. The fact that still they're still basically a top seven, top eight defense. 
yeah. is really impressive. They're good against the run. They're one of the top run defenses in the league overall and also on first and second down. The third down defense, especially third and long defense, is wonderful. Um, they don't play a lot of man-to-man. Daniel Jones has been better versus man than zone this year. They'll mix up their zones. Cover three, cover four, cover six, where one half of the field's cover two, the other side of the field is yeah. cover four. Try to confuse the quarterback. And their defensive backs still try to kind of break on the ball and take some chances and try to anticipate the jump routes for interceptions. I think what the difference has been this year, watching, I probably watched it four games of their defense, the pass rush isn't forcing the quarterbacks to get rid of the ball quickly and under pressure. When the rush is getting there early in the drop back, the quarterback sometimes has to go to their hot route or their primary read and get rid of the ball if he sees it's open. And that allows somebody that's anticipating that, if you do the right film study, you know what's going to come, they can get interceptions there. I've seen a couple times where Jackson comes down, he tries to read the quarterback, the quarterback sees him because he can because he's not worried about the rush, pulls the ball back, and then all of a sudden there's a play open over the top. Now, generally speaking, they allow, I believe they're top five in the league in number of 20-plus yard plays allowed, so they don't allow big plays generally. But if the Giants, they have to protect in this game. If Daniel Jones gets under pressure, this defense can easily look like the well, Bears take away prone defense from last year really, really fast. And to me, Jeff, I'm going to break this down really easy because you're right. I think this is as probably, besides the Jets, the most winnable game the Giants have had since they played the Cardinals at home. Yeah. Look, in Chicago's tough. It's, it's, it, the Bears are, you know, 53-man roster-wise, you know, say whatever you want about it. But this is a game you can go in there and win. The Giants, for once... Their defense has to make their opponent play to their statistical profile. Yep. Yeah, yeah. and the other thing, offensively for the Giants, the, the the Bears have only given up one touchdown outside the red zone. When you talk yeah, about big, big plays. plays. Okay, so the Giants have made some big plays over the last, you know, even when this year. They've made a lot of big plays, but the Bears don't give them up. So what does that mean? You're going to have to run the football and get time of possession to go down the field and make some of those third downs so that when you get inside the red zone, you got a chance because you may not score a touchdown outside the red zone. You know, the red zone is folks, right? I mean, you got to get in. That's a long ways to go. (laughs) So, uh, but this is going to be a good matchup. I think it'll be a close game. Um, I don't think it's going to be an extremely high scoring game. I I would be, I think whichever team gets to 20 is going to win. 20s will be there. I think the tw- yeah high high teens twenty. 20 I think you're looking at twenty one seventeen twenty four yeah. seventeen somewhere in that area twenty you know, even maybe even a seventeen thirteen who knows and in this type of game the Bears have very good special teams other than their field goal kickers yeah. but I mean their returners are outstanding Cordero Patterson yes really good player yeah and so you know Riley is going to have to be on his game trying to kick the ball away from them or just pinning the guy to the sidelines. Um, so in these tight games, special teams plays a part in winning some of these games. So that's right. And stay tuned to the end of the show. Jeff and I will and give this our... is not a great place to kick. Oh, in Chicago, oh, grass field. Oh, it's horrible. If you Especially want to call this it, time of the year, if you want to call it grass at this is it time still of the year. grass, is it still grass? You know what? I'm just assuming that it is. Maybe it's, yeah. Not. And I, maybe somebody can let us know well, that. You know because... what? Let me think. When I looked at the tape this year, it look, you know what, now that I think about it, just I, I looking at turf. it, I think it is turf Yeah, now. I think it's I think field turf right. now, but back in right. the day, you're right. It was, yeah. but listen, for those that don't know Chicago Stadium, the, the, it's run by the county. Soldier so, Field, so yeah. The Soldier Field. So they had a, the county guys taking care of the football field. 
which was the grass was this it's horrible like kicking field goals you put the ball down and like the grass was like halfway up the ball is that true yes (laughs) because it looks good on tv because the grass is high oh that's um but it's a very windy place and the stadium itself, Brian, you've been in there before. Oh, Soldier John. Field, absolutely. It's um, the new Soldier Field, if you will, they basically took a new stadium and built it inside the old Soldier Stadium. Basically, what it looks like, you have like the old UFO. like Roman columns yeah. outside and like the ivory and the brick, and it looks literally like you just said somebody landed an alien <laughs> spacecraft <laughs> in does. the middle of the stadium. It really does. I, I I remember one game specifically. We went up there to play and. Um, and Devin Hester was the returner, which, you know, wherever you play is, is not good when he's the returner. Um, and I had him moving all over the place. Quinn was with us, uh, the coach, the special teams coach, when I was, and we just, like, we would line up on the right hash and act like we were kicking to the right, and we would kick it to the left. He was moving all over the place. Um, tough place to kick. So Riley Dixon's going to have to be on his game. Not He's not kicking to Devin Hester, but he is kicking to some, some good guys. What is it? Uh, Cohen is their returner, right? Yeah, Tariq Cohen, yeah, very good so, player. And, and he's the guy that we didn't, one of the weapons we didn't mention oh, on offense when he should have. If he gets going, folks. Remember, he, he should have caught a, a seam pass for a touchdown against the Giants last year if Alec Ogletree didn't make that one-handed interception. They love running him on go routes, on seam routes. They run little double moves or they run out routes. He goes up. The yeah. offense actually loves faking short routes and then sending guys down the field. They like kind of bunching three wide receivers on one side of the field. They all kind of run to the same area. Then they all go get to the top of the route kind of at the same time and break to different levels of the defense. So something the Giants have struggled with this year, they're going to have to communicate and make sure each defender stays with the guy they're supposed to cover. You think Trubisky will be doing the Dak Prescott, Prescott uh, hip thrust moves before pregame? I'm, not, hip I'm not sure if that's going to help him, Jeff. <laughs> I'll tell you what won't help him is if, if one of the defensive guys in the Giants just, just comes up and sacks him and hits him right in the hip. They Believe me, that everyone knows when a player's hurt, they know where to go for. It's his shoulder, his hips, his knees, whatever it is, they'll go there. You're still looking it up? I think it's grass. I'm trying to find it. I think it is grass based on the couple things I'm seeing on Google. I mean, anyway, I, mean, I, will, I think it's turf, not grass. I will continue to look as we All take right. your calls at 201-939-4513. Maybe somebody from Chicago will let us know. Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Coors Light. Enter to win the ultimate VIP game they experience courtesy of Coors Light. Text VIP to 90464 for more details. Let's go to Joe in Pennsylvania to lead us off today. Joe, how are you? Joe. Wonderful. Uh... Uh, it's great to talk to you guys, and like I said, I'm I'm ready for a new season, and I, I hope our coaches sit down with these players and got everything straightened out. That there's no miscommunications, you yeah. know, uh, with receivers running wild and that that they have it down. They should have that down, or I'll be very disturbed. John, I was very, I did like your, I didn't get to tune in the last time on your show. You gave all the stats on offense and defense there and, uh, you know, where we ranked and the receivers and throwing the ball and time of possession and the losing the ball. But I think the whole thing that would come down to all, a lot of them stats if we could just run the ball. Jones has proven to me he can throw the ball. And, and he's Always back there, you know. I mean, it just seems like uh, he's being pressured that the defense knows what's coming on and they don't have to worry about the run and they're just coming right at him here and there. And, and, you know, it's obvious that we're passing and and, and he's putting them predicaments. We've got to get the running game. Joe, I agree with you, but I I don't think 
teams have stopped focusing on stopping Saquon Barkley. I think mm. teams are still locked in on that. So I, I you're well, right. John, him, him, no, no, Joe, look at it this when, way: him, him being, they, him when, being when in four third. Guys and, up front on a Jets are stopping it and controlling that. Then no, but they aren't. They aren't I mean? stopping with There's four or five guys. There's nothing there to it. There, you know, no, but they're j- concentrating <laughs> more on 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 uh, receiving in that. Then you know what I mean on, on the passing game. No, but Joe, so. here's the thing: if you get into third and long, yes, absolutely. But on first and second down, teams don't have four or five players in the box. Uh, whatever, it just seems so easy there. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, what I want to say to you there, you did, did I hear you say you thought defense is easier to play than offense? Yes. I, I, I don't know where, I don't want to argue with you, but I, yeah, you I know it'd be You're a argue easier for wide receivers running out patterns than defensive players, uh, defensive backs trying to follow them. I no, no, Joe. No, Joe. Jeff didn't mean that. He just means from a knowing the playbook and from like a schematic standpoint oh, wow. it being more complicated. Okay, yes, then. thank you, John. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Does that make more Jeff, sense to you? I, I, that I makes... hope you get to talk to our kicker there because uh, I think it's just concentration. I don't know what he is. He has all the abilities in that. Well, okay. And I don't think him. I don't think that I don't think that he's coming to work thinking that there's everything is you know bright. He knows, but listen, I it doesn't matter who you are. Thank Joe, you, Joe. Appreciate the kickers it. and punters and long snappers. It's all mental. It's all mental. Okay, 100%, unless you're hurt. Okay, like if a long snapper's shoulder's hurt, you know, he's going to have a problem. If the hip is hurting you and kicking, it's going to have a problem. They're not hurt. None of the guys are hurt. It's all up here. It's between the ears and above the eyes. That's exactly what it is, and it's a tough thing to do. And believe me, it's just like we talked about Deion Baker, right? Okay? DeAndre, DeAndre Baker, I mean. He's out there on an island by himself. What do you? Th- he has all the talent in the world. It's all in his head, right? He has to learn how to get over being a cornerback. It's short-term memory, right? You can improve on it. Kickers and punters, that is the one thing that they have to learn how to adjust to is the mental parts of the game. That's why you last so long. That's why I lasted so long. I'm just telling you right now. I was good at what I did, but physically, as I got older, it was tougher to do it. But mentally, nothing bothered me. And I could handle all the pressures and execute the kicks. That's what it is. And that's what Altrick has to do. He's just going to have to go back. And hopefully this two weeks off helped him mentally. It came at a good time, right? I mean, the guy is in a slump. If there's ever time to get out of a slump, it's during the... During the bye, although I will tell you, if you're in a slump going into the bye, uh, oh my god, it good, feels right? like a, it feels like a month before you play again. And I'll tell you, one of the things I'm I'm seeing with Aldrich, you look at his attempts. Kickers are rhythm guys; they're like pitchers. Mm. If you're getting one field goal attempt a game, or you I mean that's that's tough. And I know it's not an excuse, but it, it's rhythm. Does it really practice is. during the week help with that, or it's no? Just practice about during game the situation. week is all the same. Right? The practice, well, that's my point. Can you get into a rhythm by maybe kicking extra during the week, or does it all kind of just reset once you hit the field on game well, day? Well, my point is, is like you know, during the week, John, like pick, we're kind of like on a pitch count, right? You kind of do that. You see the guy; they do the same drills every week, every mm-hmm. time. So that's the same. But the games are never the same. Right. One, you might go a week or two with just one kick, and then all of a sudden have four in one game. If you look at his what he had last year, 32 of 33, that's a lot of field goals. He's probably got half of those this year, right? I mean, it hasn't, hasn't had a lot of root, like a lot of rhythm and games going into it, getting one in the first quarter and zero, and then all of a sudden you come back in the fourth quarter and you've got a kick. You like to get in some point. And, and part of that rhythm is, is, by the way, is extra points. <laughs> Score some touchdowns and get in there. Because a field goal and an extra point to these days are pretty much the same, right? All right, let's go to Phil in North Carolina. He's Phil! Up, he's up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hey, Phil. Oh, 
Hey. hey Hello. Uh, um, so, so John, uh, just a point. You, you've been killing it with the analysis, so really good stuff. Thank I you. I appreciate uh, it. Thank you. It's really important. Yeah. Hey, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, kind of relative uh, gauge of how we're doing in the draft the last two years versus personnel decisions. And uh, uh, it was kind of stemmed from the fact that uh, I read that Eli Apple is ranked 20th. <laughs> In the PFF cornerback ranking, which made me think, I wonder if we had him instead of DeAndre Baker, if we would have had another win or two. Uh, but but anyway, you know, I think we're doing relatively well in the draft. You know, part if you you, you think about it as a fifty-fifty proposition, but on the personnel moves, I'm not sure if we're we're at. Fifty percent, you know. It seems like we're less, and I, I'm thinking part of it is just the mentality of cleaning house uh, versus actually assessing talent, and uh, it's a little bit of a trouble I have with it. But you know, I just wanted to get your take, and and I'll listen off the air. Cool. I appreciate it, Phil. Thank you. I, I think the drafts have actually been pretty good, to be honest with you. Thanks for the call, Phil. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. But um, you know, DeAndre Baker struggled. You want, you know, obviously, you'd like to see him play better. Uh, Connolly was playing well before he got hurt. Slayton's done well for his draft slot. I'd like to see Julian Love get on the field, see what he can do. Uh, we need to see more of Corey Ballantyne at slot corner. Yeah. Just two games out of him, we got to see more. I think Dexter Lawrence has, has, has been a positive. What do you think it is with, with uh, Love? Julian Love? I think he's learning a new position. Okay. I mean, he's basically been moved to safety at this point, right? Yeah, 100%. So, and he did not play safety at Notre Dame. So I think they're taking kind of a long view with him let's get him acclimated to this new position get him ready let's not put him out there before he's ready and then get him out there on the field i would like to see him in a couple of games before the season is up i think you will i think you will i mean uh, and i think that's a good point um because if you just think of how hard it is to play this game when you come in and play at a position you've been playing as a rookie right and, and as a coach jeff you've seen a secondary that's Certain players in it have made a lot of mental mistakes. Lots. With, you know, guys just running free, things like that. If you're trying to solve that problem, do you really want to take your 14-year veteran out of the lineup, the guy that lines everybody up and gets them ready pre-snap and replace them with the rookie? That's not going to help that problem. Yeah. At, at some point, you know, and I, I know a lot of times <laughs> – you know the season is two. You're two and eight, and you know you're mathematically still in it. <laughs> um, but there comes a point in time when you do have to to go out there and play some of these younger guys um, some snaps. And maybe if it's if it's the game is out of hand, then maybe that's when you insert the new guy in for the old guy. But certainly not start him. Yeah, I I, I can go with you there. So it's tough. And then last year, uh, I think there has to be some disappointment okay, with the. So Lack of production in year two from Lorenzo Carter and B.J. Hill in terms of rushing Yeah, B.J. Hill is definitely down. I mean, obviously he had the five and a half sacks last year, three coming in one game. Played very well towards the end of the season, but really has not been that type of uh, – we haven't seen that type of step up to the next level. And now Leonard Williams is taking some of his snaps since yeah. he's been acquired. Yep. Uh, Lorenzo Carter, I think, has been a good player. He, he's shown he's a good football player. We just haven't seen him be a dynamic pass rusher yeah. quite yet from down to down. Okay. Otherwise, last year, I mean, I think, obviously, Saquon's dealt with injuries this year, but Saquon, Saquon, 
Um, I don't have the list in front of me. I'm just kind of going off the top of my head here. Yeah, me too. But um, otherwise, you know, I, I think the draft classes have done pretty well. Though obviously, I'm not going to judge any draft classes in totality after one or two years. That's silly. You got to wait about three before you have a feel for it. I think it. that third year is when you can. And I mean, and I don't mean going into the third year because you might as well do it now if we're going to talk about the second. You you got to wait till that third year is over to see how the maturation of those players is, has. And and again, there's guys like like Darius Slayton. Did you all think that Darius Slayton was going to come in here and have the production that he was going to have this year? Year? No way. Not. Absolutely not. So those are kind of the stories that you, you like to hear, but you've got to have. You know what I mean? Will Hernandez was the second round That's pick right. Last okay, year. so he's still learning to play. I don't think he's really played up to his potential. Yeah, I don't think In he... In fact, I, I think he's regressed a little bit this year. I don't think he's taken the jump for sure. Um, uh, you know, I, I agree with that. And, you know, listen, my point with Darius is that you as a personnel department and an organization... You you're gonna have to hit on some of those players like Darius Slayton. You have to. You do okay because because that's what's been haunted us by the past is that they haven't. It's the only way you fill out a roster, and so that's to. where you're banking on Dave Gettleman and his staff to go out and find those guys. And if you look at the story behind Darius Slayton, how they found him, this is a great story. And listen, look, he's the favorite target of Daniel Jones now. What do you think of O'Shane Zimenez so far? I think that he's from Old Dominion. I think that he has he's I think he's ahead of the curve. I think he's a kid that's gonna get better quickly. I thought he's played decently this year. I really have. I wasn't expecting we can't expect the world of these guys to come out. And I'm not one of the guys that think, well, he I mean he's been so touted. No, he hasn't been touted. He's from Old Dominion, guys. You give him a chance to play some football. He's a he's a he's a freak athlete. I think he's got some up, ma- major upside. So I think next year will be a really good tilt at the end of the season next year. Let's talk a about a full him. year in NFL weight program. That's right. He's going to have to put a little bit more weight on. Not too stuff. much though from mm-hmm. that. If they're going to stay in that 3-4, you got those linebackers. You don't want them to be too too big. You want to be able to run, you know, and 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 get after the quarterback a little bit better. Marcus Golden is a guy, John, that we that at the beginning of the year that we we, we kind of was a, it was like you were betting on the come, right? You're like, okay, is he going to do it? Or I, and he and he's come through. He's got six and a half with ten with six games left. So maybe he gets four more sacks and 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 six games. That'll put him at ten and a half snacks. That's the production we wanted out of Marcus Golden. I think that's above and beyond the production that we expected. Look, you know, I don't think he's your number one pass rusher though. I think he's your I was secondary helper guy. Were you expecting? Six and a half sacks out of him this year. Six. I was hoping for six or seven. Okay. My my. And I didn't mean I was looking for ten. I'm saying if he does get four, I mean, geez, I mean, this is, this is kind of what we were hoping he would have had. And and that's one of the free agent moves that have worked out. Yeah. He's right. Other ones haven't worked out as well. So that's something that, you know, it's tough too. You know, they're trying to not invest too much money in guys that, you know, maybe aren't worth the contract that they would want in free agency. So I know there's a guy that we don't talk much about. And I'll tell you why we don't. It's because he just does his job and he does it well. And no, we don't ever really talk about him. And he's a free agent. Safety. Michael Thomas is a guy that he is an outstanding free agent pickup a few, uh, two, last year. You know, we don't talk about much of him, but he's a consistent player. Chicago's grass, by the way. Still, it is grass. Still it's still grass. grass. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, good luck. <laughs> wow. Let's go to Chris and Paramus. He's up next. Hey, How'd Chris. you find that out? I looked it up online. It's the internet, Jeff. There's information there. Google, you put words in and it tells you stuff. <laughs> That's we will, Siri. We will have a tutorial after the Thank show. Thank you. Okay. Chris, Good. go ahead. What's Chris, up, buddy? What up? Hey, happy Friday, guys. You too. you too. Uh, so, quick question. And I know this has kind of been on my mind for a while. I know Eli, you know, everything he's done for us over the, you know, the, the, the length of his career. 
Um, but this year, $23 million cap number. Uh, going into, tw- I mean, just, I'm curious as to why, and I know the optics aren't that great, why we didn't cut him and retain some of that money. Again, taking the emotion out of it, looking at it purely from a financial perspective, you could have, you know, taken a, 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 a major cut on, 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 the, on the cap number and the dead money, but, uh, I mean, I think you'd retain about 11, 12 million. When did you want to do that, Chris? When did you want to do that? Well, I mean, after week two, could you have retained any money from then? No, because let me just tell you something. Let me tell you, let me tell you some economics of football. Eli Manning has never been cut. He's never taken his, his, uh, one-time guarantee, right? So if you cut him after week one, you, you still have to pay him all his money. Got it. hundred percent. Okay. Is that true? Yeah. It's called termination pay. You can take it one time in your career. So if I'm Eli Manning, you cut me after week two, you're giving me all my $23 million because I'm going to take my term. Does it pay. still count against the cap, though? It's still $23 million. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I honestly wasn't sure and about I'll that. T- I'll tell you why I know this, because it's a funny little thing in, in NFL we used to talk about, especially kickers and punters and snappers, where guys get cut all the time. And older guys. And yeah. older guys, right? So they And that's why you always see a lot of the older guys get brought back after week one. Because they're not on the active roster after on week one. Yeah, but don't contracts become guaranteed for at, veterans after that week one anyway? One time. Right. You can do mm-hmm. it one time. Yeah. Okay, so we used to call it double dipping. So if you're going to cut me on week four, right, I can go, I get all my money from team A, and then I get picked up by team B, and you pay me another salary, I get two of them. I get two salary. They get double <laughs> dipping. So it's not as easy, and I know, I know what you're saying. It's not as easy just to do that um, unless he's taken the termination fee once before, but... You know, there and there's. I don't know all about the dynamics of his contract. There could be, you know, stuff signing. I don't know what it is. Yeah, but I, I would honestly have to, ch- Chris. I, I'm not yeah. going to tell you 100. percent I know for sure. I can check on that for you. If if, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, I can give you the answer as best I can when I find out. Okay. Um, but okay. I, my my thought about it is, regardless of the money involved, that. They actually like Eli here to help Daniel Jones. I know people kind of roll their eyes about that, but let me just tell you something I see in the locker room. After every game, I'm in there doing the live radio locker room. And let me tell you, after losses, and there's been plenty of them, it stinks. <laughs> it, it's, it's bad. you got to whisper. Quiet. No one wants to talk to you. But look, it's part of the job. we got to do it, right? So yeah. every, after every loss, especially the last five or six weeks, I sit there, I'm waiting for Daniel Jones to get dressed. He's usually the first guy we do after Pat Shermer does his press conference. And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. And every time, every time, he'll get pulled aside. Eli Manning will come over, pull Daniel Jones aside, and literally talk to him quietly in hushed tones for about a minute or two. And I have no idea what he's telling him. I haven't asked because it's none of my business. But I got to imagine he's sitting there and telling Daniel, all right, Here's what the media is going to ask you. He's going to ask you about this play, this play, mm-hmm. and here's what you should say. Here's your, here's and I think, no, I'm serious, because yeah, no. who knows better than Eli? And I think yeah. those are the types of things that they like with Eli being around to help Jones learn how to be a quarterback in New York. He's a very high-paid CEO. That's what it is. <laughs> and, and, you know, it was funny. It was coming out of camp. It was, you know, the, the, the coach was kind of the, the – well, the, 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 the teacher-student relationship was between him and Danny. Daniel Jones and Tanny, but now it seems as though behind the scenes that there's more to it. You know, Eli's actually, you know, because a lot of times everybody wants to portray that the starting quarterback and, and, and the franchise quarterback, you know, everything's so great with the rookie coming in, but they're behind the scenes, it may be, you know, a little different of a story. 
but it seems like you know Eli is you know truly mentoring him to some mm-hmm. extent, especially working with the media. Um, and, and so I, I, I thank you for, for for providing that insight. You're welcome. Um, and, and and then so for just looking ahead and looking at twenty twenty, um, it seems like there's four or five opportunities where you know the Giants purely from a financial perspective and looking at the contracts and looking at productivity from certain positions, middle linebacker, safety. I think there's a a few pieces that, I mean, I think right now over the cap has listed a $65, $66 million available. It's a lot. They'll have plenty. You know, obviously uh, uh, Gettleman to go and just do essentially what Reese did and and pick up two, three big guys and then spend all that money. I think sparingly and, and buying pieces here and there, you know, um, to, to fit in uh, uh, with the culture. Um, but I think a lot of the, the development of this roster has to come through the draft. No question. Sort of seeing these, these rookies come into their sophomore years and, and being a little bit more productive, uh, especially a guy like Lorenzo Carter. I was hoping for a lot this year and didn't quite get the production wanted. But uh, anyway, thanks again, guys. Have a good You're one. Welcome, Chris. Thank you, Chris. And look, you have to build through the draft. You do. There is no question. And, that, that's how good teams Get, get to where they're at. I think what you do, and this is kind of what I've been thinking about, and this is not my final plan, but generally speaking, there are some positions in free agency that don't cost as much. Inside linebacker, for example. A top inside linebacker costs about half as much as the top pass rusher. Mm-hmm. So maybe you go out there and you go try to find another inside linebacker or veteran to help this young group up front and... That's where you go, and that's where you spend your money in free agency because it's not as cost prohibitive as getting to. a pass rusher or a cornerback. Right, if you have to. I mean, look at Conley. I mean, he, he's probably going to be your guy next yeah, year. Yeah, you can't count on him coming off an ACL, though. Yeah, that's a good point. The other thing I, I wanted. If he was healthy, yeah, maybe we can have yeah. that conversation, not an offensive. The other ACL. thing, real quickly, we'll get to the other calls. I, I, about the Eli Manning and the behind the scenes stuff. And we what, also don't know if Ogletree is going to be back next year either. Yeah, we so. don't. It, you got to understand that there's a lot of stuff that John and I don't know, or any of us know what happens behind the scenes. And by the way, safety is another position too, where you can get a good player for not so much. Like Adrian Amos was one of the top safeties designed for eight million a year. That's look, it's a lot, but it's not. Well, it's nineteen. It's, if you got sixty-five million, eight million is not that much. No, it's not that much. Um, so I mean, we don't know what people talk about behind the scenes here, you know, in the building, and what has been said to Eli Manning in private. You know, listen, this is what we're gonna do. What do you want us to do? You know, how can you help us? You know, all this stuff could we don't know. I mean, they could have told Eli, listen, this is what's going to happen. We're not going to cut you, you know, or if we do cut you, do you want to go play somewhere else? And he probably said no and, you know, whatever. So a lot, lot of stuff to, to, we don't know about. All right, we got two more calls. i got to wrap the show a little bit early, folks. I have a uh, something i got to do back in the voiceover studio that's important. Um, Big Blue Kickoff Live brought to you by Coors Light. Enter in the, the ultimate VIP game day experience courtesy of Coors Light. Text VIP to 90464 for more details. And by the way, just real quick, no Evan Ingram or Red Ellison. They were officially ruled out for Sunday. That it stinks. looks like, though, Sterling Shepard, Janoris Jenkins, Nate Solder are all going to clear concussion protocol Good. if nothing weird happens. And it can happen with concussions. Oh, it did you with Sterling. Know, right? And it looks like John Halapio and Mike Remmers are going to be back in the lineup as well. So right, that's relatively good news. healthy. Yep. Good news coming off the bye. Mark in Chicago. He's up next. What's up, Mac? Mac. Hey, boys. How you doing? What's good. up? Hey, uh... Getting back to the Eli conversation, can you imagine what would have happened if they cut Eli after the first few weeks of the yes, season and Eli correct. had to put on 
that same type of uh, press conference in the locker room that he did after his losing. And Mark, uh, by the way, throw on, throw on, throw on top of that. Such bad optics yeah, for, and, the, and, for the franchise. And throw on top of that, it would have been drama that you didn't want around a young quarterback. He would have had to answer questions about that, which might have hurt his development and given him a distraction. And really, did we know what Daniel Jones was going to be and how he was going to do? No. I mean, no. maybe, maybe for his own good at some point, Eli Manning would have had to go back into go back in and be a starter. So I'm with you. I just don't think for all those reasons you gave and the ones we gave before, that was ever going to happen. Yep. Yeah. So in the franchise. Um, I'm going to the game on Sunday. Okay. And here's a couple things that I sort of want to see uh, on Sunday. And, you know, the defense sort of is what it's. And I say just play all the young guys. Ballantyne, Love, Beal, Baker. You know, we're giving up so many, you know, uh, big plays. What difference does it make? Give, give these guys experience out on the field. And my opinion is if you can't be playing after, you know, week 12 after a bye, then maybe you shouldn't be on the 53-man roster. Maybe you should be on the practice squad. <laughs> hey, you know, listen, you're going to the game. You're going to see it up, up, up close in person. Maybe that is what they do. I don't know. There's, I, I always find it funny to see that, you know, there are some teams that are good. Like I, when our, at the beginning of the show we talked about coming off of a bye. You know, if you're good, you're eight and two. You're not making a lot of changes. When you're two and eight, and you've been told that there isn't going to be any changes made, that kind of sounds a little fishy to me. So who knows? Yeah. Maybe all those guys might be in there. Who knows? We're not going to tell the Bears, right? And by the way, most of them are. Yeah. But right now, it's Love and Beal that are the two guys you're kind of waiting on. Yeah. Yeah. On the offensive side, you know, I didn't hear a lot about self scout over the break. And my opinion, and I've expressed this to Dettino, uh a couple of times. Is I see Shermer turning into a reincarnation of his own style of Ben McAdoo. I think he's getting wedded to the shotgun, running out of the shotgun. And, John, you, I know you're stressed for time, but in your analysis earlier in the week where you talked about uh, where uh, the sats are for Jones, I've always felt you should use him more on rollouts and sprint outs, using misdirection like counterplays, and, and, and put a fullback in there and let him you know, follow a fullback and then when you're in passing situations, put Gallman in or maybe Penny in to block and put Saquon out in the slot like, uh, you know, they did with Le'Veon Bell over in Pittsburgh. He was a dynamic receiver out there, and I think Saquon could do the same thing. Well, if well, I don't see these, things, these changes coming up on Sunday where they've actually analyzed what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong and do something to take the Bears out of their game, you know, then I'm not supporting Sherman well, Mark, that I have in the past. Mark, here's the problem. Since Saquon Barkley has come back from injury, his rushing numbers out of shotgun and under center are identical. The Almost the exact yeah. same carries, the exact same yards. I'm give you another stat here. How about this number for you? Since Saquon's come back from his injury, since he's come back and the team has run from under center, he has around 30 mm-hmm. carries for 80 yards. All yeah. Every single one of those 80 yards have come after contact. <laughs> he has zero yards well, before content. So don't tell me that they'd run the ball better if you're under center because it's hogwash. They're actually blocking better in the run game when they're well, running at a shotgun. Well, John, you know, I was at the Detroit game, and he did quite well when they had Elijah Penny as a fullback in front of him. And, you know, our tight ends really aren't pass catchers. Maybe we should be using them more as blockers. It's two tight ends. Uh, saying, but Mark, real quick, Mark, real quick, Mark, real quick. I'm just telling that. you, out of 11 personnel this year, Saquon Barkley's averaging five yards per carry. Out of 12 personnel, he's averaging under three. Okay. 
<laughs> no, again, okay, again, okay, Mark, I agree. And no, I hear you. I appreciate it, Mark. Thank you for the call. And, and good stuff. You're a good caller, good information. And look, I, I agree. Because end of last year, they got better by doing more on their center, more fullback, more two tight ends. But when they've done it this year, it hasn't worked. That's the data. I'm not making the numbers up, folks. That's yeah. what the data tells me. So I can't go in and say you got to go and do this yeah. when they've done it in the first half and it hasn't worked. Well, basically, to me, that just tells you how, how the offensive line has not played well. Correct. I mean, the tight ends are the tight ends. The running back, you know kind of what ability he has. But if he doesn't have the blocking, especially the number that you said, 80 yards with zero yards coming with no contact, that's – that's insane. It's preposterous. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to believe that maybe somebody, I, Saquon Barkley can't get it, then nobody can. And Saquon had an interesting quote yesterday talking about how he wants to be more free and only, you know, kind of run like his old style and run for fun. That'll help, but he needs some guys in front of him to give him some room too. And again, I, I have, I've been careful not to do the offensive line excuse this year, but I think the last few weeks the offensive line has struggled with some pressure, some movement, and blocking in the run game. Maybe it's because Rembers and Solder are a little banged up and things like that. That's fine, but well, got to be better. All right, we got about three minutes. One more call. Jose in Orlando. Jose, what's up? Hey, fellas. Happy Friday. How are you today? You too. You too, Jose. What's up? Um, well, I'm going to probably call another day because I know Lance, you got to – I mean, sorry, I called you Lance. That's okay. John, I know you got to go. I'm going to hang up on um, you right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> no, the reason why I say that is that um, just referring to <sighs> – my biggest thing, guys, that I want to say, and I know I don't have a lot of time, is can we please go back to a 4-3 defense? Uh. I mean, and the reason why I'm saying that is just I'm looking at the personnel that we have. We have, I mean, looking at all the linemen that we have, BJ's on the contract, Thomason's on the contract. We have our rookie, and then we, we're going to sign Williams. I know we're not going to do a trade like that not to sign the guy. So, I mean, we have the perfect, perfect lineman for a 4-3. No, but Jose, and you then, don't. Uh, Jose, you don't, though, because in the 3-4 Three of those big guys can be on the field at the same time. In the four three, only two of those guys can be on the field at the same time. So how does it help yeah, but, you by playing yeah, I, a four but, three? But this is another thing. Okay, that's a good argument to have, uh, <laughs> John. But I'll tell you this, though. I mean, Williams doesn't doesn't really play defensive end, and he, and he said it himself. He's better in, in in the three technique. And 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 another thing, we don't have LT call banks, and we don't have. Harry Carson and Gary Reasons or Diassi out there. No, Jose, the that's fair. And, if, and if, you if your argument wants to be about the linebackers, I get that. I'm not going to argue that point of it. But just FYI, in Betcher's three-man front, and then when they go to sub-packages, there is a player lined up at three technique every single play. Just FYI. Right. I'm just – I'm really not buying our 3-4 defense, honestly. And then – and you said it right. I, don't, I mean, I love this kid that came out of Wisconsin. I just don't know how he's going to come back from that ACL. I honestly believe he's going to need another year to really come back to his usual self. Yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you guys in getting a linebacker. Um, but another thing and, – and I'll leave you guys with this because yep. I know you got to go. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing I want to say is, you know the, 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 what you alluded to, the 11 and the 12 personnel when we're playing on offense and stuff? Yeah. If you look at the play calling, when we're running dives, you know, up the A and the B and the three or the one and the three hole, we're really not getting a lot of push that way. So, yeah, let's try to kick it out a little bit. No, you know? I think that's fair, we're too. Not doing, I haven't even I haven't even seen us do any CG pulls or anything like that. And no. I don't know if the guards can't come out. We have two decent guards. I just don't understand why we're not trying to pitch the ball out or, or widening out a little bit, especially against the Bears this week. Those guys fly all over the place. No, nah, thank you, Jose. Appreciate the call. And look, if you want to run a few Take more outside, easy. yeah, you too, buddy. Thanks for the call. If you want to run a couple more outside runs, I'd be okay with that. Yeah.
even in that you can do it with the 21 personnel in there. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, I think that the reason they don't get outside all that much is because they have had so much penetration in that offensive line. They're just not, they're not good run blockers. They're not. They, well, they haven't performed that way yet no. this year. So if you're going to try to run outside, I mean, yeah, you can try to maybe gain some momentum. But, I mean, if guys are getting penetrated inside, they're going to they're gonna tackle them behind the line of scrimmage. Jeff, we got 60 seconds. Give me your keys to the game. Well, offensively for the Giants, it's going to be time of possession. They're going to have to extend drives because of what I told you earlier. The defense for the Chicago Bears is really good, and they don't give up big plays. Um, defensively for the Giants, I think that they need to get get that team off the. It goes hand in hand. Get the Giants defense got to get that Bears team off the off the field. They're horrible on third down. They have a lot of three and outs. Then you get the ball back to the offense. Um, and number one thing this week, go on the road and do not turn the ball over like you do normally. And that's key. Um, Giants offense, make good decisions against a good secondary. That goes to not turning it over. I think you have to pass well on first and second down. I think the short passing game will be the Giants' best friend this week. It's a prom then over tight end to throw the ball to. Yeah. But that's maybe Barkley, yeah. you know, Shepard if he plays slot and yeah. slot and Tavis Golden. slot, things like that. And don't let Cleo Mack wreck the game because he can, even though he's not having as good of a year as he has in the pass. On the other side of the ball, you got to be disciplined in the defensive backfield. Like I said, they'll try to do a lot of misdirection to confuse you to open up big plays. You have to be disciplined if you're the Giants secondary. If you get to Trubisky, he's not going to succeed in this game. He's just not. If you can get some pressure on him, that'd be great. And don't let the Bears move the ball on first and second down with David Montgomery in the run game. If you do those things, I think you'll be okay. Jeff, good stuff? Yeah, good stuff too. Good luck Friday, or excuse me, Sunday for the Giants. Thank and, you. Uh, have a good Friday, everybody. And it was brought to you by Coors Light. Enter in the ultimate VIP game day experience courtesy of Coors Light. Text VIP to 90464 for more details. And again, a reminder, Big Blue Kickoff Live now has its own separate podcast feed. Woo! If you listen to the show on podcast, it will no longer appear on the Giants audio podcast feed starting December 1st, but it has its own podcast feed now. It's already live, so go subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And of course, the show will always be available on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. For Jeff Eagles, I am John Schmelk. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time, everybody. You have a great weekend and have fun on Sunday.